Amen. Say, thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3. And I think this is like our 11th or 12th week, so it's impossible for me to go back and recap uh, the last two and a half, three, three months, um, you know, with this. But, man, it, it, such great messages in this, timely messages. Encourage you to go back and listen to those things. Uh, it's free online. So, you know, if, you know, Keith Moore says, you know, if it's free, you have no excuse, right? <laughs> there's no excuse for getting the word. Really, with today's technology, there's no excuse that, that, that we don't, we're not listening to the word, right? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I guess I need to get to Genesis 3, don't I? Hallelujah. Love the word. It's changed my life. Before I read here in Genesis, get into Genesis 3, I want to just lay the foundation for, you know, my assignment tonight. You know, when we talk about walking with God, and so there's so many things we talked about, when we talk about walking with God, we can't talk about that apart from talking about walking in faith. Walking in faith. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith. And what? Let's say, Lord, we walk by faith. And not by sight. See, walking has to do with lifestyle. It's not something you did yesterday. Walking, walking, anytime you had ING on something, it's something that's present. It's something that is always now. You're, you know, you didn't walking yesterday. You're walking right now. You walked yesterday, but we're talking about walking. We're walking with God. So this is something that we're, we do continually. This is our lifestyle. And if we're going to be walking with God, then we also have to be walking by faith, walking in faith. You know, it's our lifestyle. You know, uh, Romans 117 says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Galatians 311 says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 1038 says the just shall live by faith. So there, there's, there's something that I believe the Holy Spirit through the different writers in scripture is trying to get something across to us. And it's this aspect that, that we have to live by faith. We know faith is what pleases God, right? And so walking in faith, walking by faith, it's a lifestyle. It's the way we live our lives. We live by faith. Now, there's a lot of things that we can talk about tonight, a lot of things that we can go into and things that we can deal with. But my assignment tonight is I want to talk about what hinders us from walking with God. What may hinder us from walking in faith? So I want you to see walking with God and walking in faith. We can't separate those things because if you're going to walk with God, then you're going to have to do it by faith. Right. And everything Noah did, uh, Enoch, Enoch walked with God. Noah, his, his, the, what was his, the history, his testimony, Gale- I mean, Noah, Genesis talks about his testimony was that he pleased God, that he had this relationship with God, that he had this habitual fellowship with God. That's what it was, he was known for. Talking about Abraham, he, he walked by faith. Uh, you know, Moses, he walked by faith. Jacob, I walked by faith. So all these people throughout scripture, they, 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 they did it by faith, in faith. So we can't, I don't want you to hear that. We can't, if we're going to walk with God, we can't do it apart from faith. So what may hinder us from walking with God or walking in faith? I can make it, I'll make it personal for me. What hinders me? 
What, what has hindered me in my life from walking with God or walking in faith? And maybe with some, maybe the things, some of the things I've dealt with and some of the things I've walked with and, and, and going to illuminate to scriptures, maybe, maybe you have this, this, maybe you've experienced some of, these same, some of these same things in life. Maybe you've battled some of these same things like I have. So, so I, I, maybe I, you, just, you just say, I'm going to preach about Justin tonight. So you just, you just listen about me and, and, if, and, and if just something just kind of like, you know, you're like, yeah, that's me. You, you take it, right? But, but if you don't find yourself in any of these things, I mean, praise God for you. <laughs> but something that's hindered me from walking with God, and we can find this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delightful to look at, I'm not talking about food tonight, Okay. For food, And it was delightful to look at and the tree to be desired in order to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate and she gave some also to her husband and he ate and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron like girdles. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So, you know, it, so here God is walking in the garden and yet Adam and Eve are hiding themselves. See, you know, we, we, we know it's been taught, it's been said that, that, the, you know, that Adam and Eve would walk with God in the garden. But evidently there was something about this day that kept them, kept them from doing what they normally do. Normally, the way they were walking with God. And, and so what was, what was the issue that kept them from walking with God that day? Let's look at this in verse, verse 9. But the Lord said to Adam and said to him, where are you? And he said, to, he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said to him, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now think about this. So what hindered them from walking with God? It was fear. It, it, said, it says right there, it says, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. I was afraid because I, I, I was lacking something. I hid myself because, because I, didn't, I don't want you to see the real me. I hid myself because there's something in me that maybe I don't feel like I measure up to. There was there was a fear that was keeping them from walking with God. And why they recognized they 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 had they they had a self-imposed limitation. There was a wrong thought process about themselves. There was something that they felt like they lacked. And God says to him, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you weren't enough? Who told you that you lacked? Who told you that you're not enough? Who told you that you have limitations? Who told you that you can't be what I've called you to be? Who told you that? Now, now, you know, the, the bottom line, it was fear. Now, now, now we all battled, we've all battled different fears and, and, and but I want to, I want to deal with an aspect of things that I've dealt with in my life because fear I mean, I could preach on fear for the next several weeks. 
And, and fear is a big topic. Fear is a huge topic and we can unpack it a lot of different ways. But tonight I want to deal with something that, that, that I ha- I've had to walk through. Things that have hindered me from walking with God. Also, when I'm talking about walking with God, I'm also talking about fulfilling my purpose or fulfilling obedience. What may have hindered me from being obedient? What maybe hindered me from not doing something I know God's called me to do here? And, and the root of it is always fear. The root, the root of, uh, 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 of pretty much, I believe, every sin, it comes down to either fear or pride. The root, that's, that's what the enemy, the enemy base everything on is going to be fear and, and pride. So what aspect of fear do I want to deal with tonight? I want to talk about the fear of man. The fear of man. You know, I, I believe, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm preaching to Justin tonight. So if you don't have any of these issues, praise the Lord. But, but I, I believe that, that there are some things that God wants to do to propel our lives. And there's some things that he's done in my life that has propelled my life. But, but I, I couldn't have gone and, and, and will not be able to go where God wants me to go if, if, if I don't conquer this aspect of the fear of man. The fear of man. You know, I just tell you a story about, you know, uh, the, for me, there was a fear of stepping out into some things. You know, for me, one of my phobias or fears, one was public speaking. And now it's what I do for all the time. So praise God. I had, I had to step out in that. You know, it was like, uh, you know, I would rather show up late and get a zero rather than do a book report. I mean, a, 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 a uh, do a, a presentation in a class. You know, I, I went to, I, I did about three semesters of college and I, I had to take speech. And, you know, just, this is how drastic the fear was. Now, please, if you have kids in here, please don't do anything Pastor Justin did. But my, the fear was so great for me to do public speaking is I, I contacted, actually I did this with a couple classes because one class was boring and this was, this was my, this is my second semester of college and, and I went to a small college and, and, and I didn't like these classes. And when I found out that I had to stand up and talk in front of people, <laughs> I'm done. And so I, I actually contacted my professor and told her I had mono. I didn't show up the whole semester. I had a political science class and, and it was a three hour class and it was so boring. I told him I had, I had mono and I can't, they sent me all my notes in the mail and I should have, I showed up on the last day and took the exam and got a C (laughs) because that's how afraid of public speaking I was. You know, another thing that I was afraid of, I was afraid to pray in public. You know, and I was on a leadership team one time and I would show up late for the leadership team because, because he always asked someone to lead off in prayer and I never wanted him to ask me. And then there was, there would be some occasions we go to meetings and, and, and and lunch meetings and, and, and you know what I, I learned the hard way is if you're in a group of people and you're at a long table, don't sit in the middle because you sit in the middle. You're the one that's going to pray. 
Why? Because they can't hear you on that end. They can't hear you on that end. So is that one in the middle? So I learned from experience. I'm not going to sit in the middle. <laughs> Why? Because I was, I was totally afraid to pray. You know, we, you know, there was times we would all stand in a circle and hold hands. And, and when the person got to pray and they'd squeeze your hand, like it was your turn. And I'm like, mm, nah, uh, I'd be like, Jesus wept. And that's the, that's the only thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just being real with you because, but it was, but really it, and the Lord really had to get a hold of me because I had, I had a prayer life. I knew how to pray, but just by myself. And I had the ability to pray, but I, I mean, I was a, I, I felt I had a good, I had a good prayer life. So it wasn't about, I felt like I lacked ability to pray, but what I lacked was, what will they think about my prayer? What will they think? Insecurities. What will they think about? What if I don't pray the right thing? What if, what if this, and what if that, and what if this, and, and it had nothing to do with ability. It had everything to do with being afraid of what someone else thought of my prayer. Like I said, I'm just preaching to Justin and I'm just preaching about Justin tonight. But go, go to Jeremiah chapter one. I hate insecurities because it has hindered me so many times in my life. Jeremiah chapter one, Jeremiah chapter one, you know, you know, my favorite scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you says the Lord, right? Now, if you were here the second service on Sunday, I talked a little bit about that and, and talked a little bit about the fact that, that here Jeremiah was a prophet and God says, I want you to write this letter. I want you to write this down and I want you to, I want you to take it there. And I can't remember if he, he says, read it to them or he sends them this letter. But bottom line, Jeremiah was called to, to correct people's theology. He was called to change people's ideas, change people's, you know, in the, even in Jeremiah one, it says to build up, to, to plant, to root up, to root out and, and all these things. And, and, and so he was called to do these things. So in Jeremiah 29, he's doing some of the things he was called to do. But yet when he was called to do that, did he want to do it? No, he didn't want to do it. And, and, and the thing is, is you can have an assignment on your life and die with that assignment unfit, unfulfilled because of fear. You know, it, it's not going to, you know, God's not going to overcome on you, overpower your will, overpower you and make you step out. He's not going to do it. You're like, well, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for some holy boldness to come on. Yeah, there might be some holy boldness, but it's still going to be for you to take a step. And, and, and that's what we're seeing here with Jeremiah in chapter one. Let's read it in verse five. He says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came out from the womb, I sanctified you or I, I set you apart and I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Man, here, this is God's assignment. This is God's assignment on Jeremiah telling him, man, I've, call, I've separated you, I've ordained you, and I've called you. And yet, what he says, then said I, Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. 
See, God was speaking to him about his destiny, but yet Jeremiah was speaking to God about his limitations. I'm, I'm, I'm too, I can't speak. I'm too young. I'm a child. But the Lord said to him, don't say I'm a child for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee and what, and, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Don't tell me that you're, you're a child and you can't speak because you're going to go forth and you're going to do and you're going to speak what I tell you to speak. But then he says, but then God says, be not afraid of their faces. So here, what was God having to deal with Jeremiah? It wasn't the fear of doing it. It was the fear of the people. See, that's not your, your, our issues or my issues wasn't about, was I called to do it or not? My issue was, will I be received by them? Will I be liked by them afterwards? Will people still like me? You know, will people still, you know, and so the issue wasn't, wasn't, was no, it came down to don't be afraid of their faces. It wasn't, don't be afraid that I didn't call you. It's don't be afraid of their faces. Don't, don't be afraid of their perception of you. Cause that's what it comes down to is, is fear is meditating on something that hasn't happened yet. So when I'm afraid to step out and pray, I'm afraid because of really what they think about me. So he says, don't be afraid of their faces. Why? For I'm with you to deliver you. I'm with you to deliver you. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations, over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. And I've called you to do something great, but don't be afraid of their faces. Go to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25. Thank you, Father. Proverbs 25, actually 29. I'm sorry, it's 29, 25. So Proverbs 29, verse 25, not 25, 29. It's 29, verse 25. Read the Amplified. I'm also going to read it in the New Living. It says, the fear of man brings a snare. Just with that thought. The fear of man brings a snare. A snare. Now, it's not wrong. It's not wrong for us to care about what people think about us. It's not wrong to want others to think well of you. That, that's not wrong. I mean, Proverbs 22 verse 1 says, says, A good name, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. A good name. You know, it's not wrong for to want people to think well of you. That's not what, what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about we'll just run over people and, and just say, well, just because it's that, that, that prophet of me that's just running you over. That's, that's not the attitude that I, I want us to look at this tonight. The, the fear of man is a snare. But that doesn't mean that we, it's, it's okay to care about what people think about you. 
You know, even Timothy, when Paul's talking to Timothy, he says, be of a good reputation inside of the church and outside of the church. So it's not about having this extreme of running over people either. So there is this attitude where, where we, yeah, it's okay to care what people think. The thing is, is don't let what people think keep you from doing what you're called to do. So what, what does the new living say about Proverbs 29? It says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap. See, the fear of man brings a snare. What's a snare? A snare is an instrument that was used to trap animals. And so the fear of man. So that you being afraid to do something of what you think someone else thinks about you, thinks about the way you look, thinks about the way, the, the, what you're called to do, what you wear, all these different things. Then, then what happens is if that gets into your heart, then what happens is the enemy has trapped you just like an animal's trapped. The fear of man is a snare. The fear of man in, in the new lemon says, it says it's a dangerous trap. It's a dangerous trap. So what's holding you back or what's holding you back from stepping out in the things that God's called you to do? Because the fear of man is a trap. And it's a trap that we can let affect us our entire lives. That, that fear of, like I said, not measuring up. That fear. That, see, the fear of failure, the fear of most of them all come back to of what someone thinks about you. You know, even, even failing, the feel of failure. Why would, why would you even fear failure? Because of what someone else thinks about you. What will they, what will they say about me? What, 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 what will they do? What will the people at work think of me? The fear of failing is really comes down to fear, fearing how other people view us. Fear will keep you from fulfill, fulfilling what God's called you to do. Let's go to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Say this with me. Fear, Fear. Has, no place has no place in my heart. In my heart. Hallelujah. Say Fear. Fear has no place in my mind. Fear will not trap me and keep me back from God's best for my life. Now, first, first Samuel chapter 15. Let's look at verse 17. I'm going to read in the King James. And Samuel said, when I was little in thine own sight. Huh. When Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, was thou that not made thee the head of the tribes of Israel and that the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? I find it interesting that Samuel is going to Saul and telling him, he's saying, now remember when you were little in your own sight, how God anointed you, how God empowered you. God, he's really saying, he's saying, Saul, God has brought you to where you are in this kingdom. He's brought you to a place. He's elevated you to a place of victory. He's elevated you to a place of, of strength. He's elevated you to a place of victory. When you were little in your own sight. 
Yeah, I, I think that's one, one. I think one thing is 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 we 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 always see ourselves as little in our own sight instead of seeing ourselves the way God called us. You, you, if you are a child of God, you are no longer a sinner, but you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, 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 you were no longer defeated, but you are victorious. So here, that's what, that's really what Samuel is trying to bring across to Saul here. He goes, when you were little in your own sight, own sight, was thou not the head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites and fight against them until they're consumed. Man, there's no doubt in that. Fight against them until they're consumed. Wherefore, that you did, you did not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, yeah, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Thank you, Father. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, and the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice in the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice and in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken then is better than the fat of rams. So here now Saul is saying, saying, look, but, but I'm not the one that took the spoil. It was all the people that took the spoil. It was the people that did it. And then he says this in verse 13, he goes, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as of iniquity of idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected you from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words. Why? Because I feared the people. I feared the people. And I obeyed their voice. Wow. See, he was called... There, there didn't really have to be another king. And, and yet here he said, it was because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. See, we honor and respect people's thoughts, people's thoughts more than we honor and respect God's thoughts. What's stopping you for praying for someone in public? What's stopping you from taking that step in the direction you know God's leading you? What's stopping you from surrendering all to Jesus? What's stopping you? Ultimately, it's going to come down to that very thing. It's because I feared the people. That, for me, that was one, even, even surrendering my life to God. You know, because even though I, I didn't want to have anything to do with God, yet there was something in here that was like, I, I, I know I'm called to something. As even Dr. Savell, when he was 11 years old and he, and he heard the voice of God watching Oral Roberts, you know, a, a lot of those things come down. There's, there's a fear there of what, what if it doesn't work out? What if I lose my identity? What if all these different things? But really, it's always kind of come back to this aspect because I feared the people. I remember one time um, there was a, a young gentleman sitting over here behind Deborah and uh, and and it was right. It was during a service and. Man, and, and I was preaching and, 
And, and all of a sudden in here, I'm just like, cause sometimes, I, I, you know, you're preaching, you know, you're talking, but yet the Holy Spirit's talking to you at the same time. And, and so sometimes when I'm done ministering, there's like, did you said so? And so I did Yeah, really? Okay. You know, but, but that particular day I'm, I'm like ministering and I'm talking and I, I keep seeing this, this young gentleman right there behind Deborah and, and I, and I'm seeing him and, and the Lord says, says, I want you to stop. And I want, and I have a word for him. And I'm like, well, I, and I'm like, but, but, but I'm preaching right now, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm talking right now. And, 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 but cause the issue wasn't because I, I've, I've done that before and, and I know God's going to meet me there. I know God's going to give me exactly what needs to, needs to happen. And, but, but there was something different. There was something. And then all of a sudden, you know, he, the a few minutes later, the Lord kept told me about two times. And then there was another time I see him get up and he's walking out. And, and I even see him get to right where Tony, uh, Tony Jordan is in the back. And I see him and the Lord says, you need to stop him. You need to stop him. But I'm like, why? but why? I was afraid what maybe you all would have thought. I was afraid of, of, well, what if, what if it's, what if he gets mad? What if, what if this, what if, what if what I'm going to say to him isn't true? What if, and so all these things are, are going through my heart. Why? Because I was afraid of the people. Or afraid of him. See, fear is a real thing. And it's a, it's a dangerous trap. Amen. But do we honor God's word over other people's thoughts? Other people's ideas? What's stopping you from stepping out? Anytime you step out into what you're called to do, you'll have to overcome the fear of man. You're... I would love to tell you that you'll never be exempt from the fear of man. But if you're going to be obedient to do what God's called you to do, you're going to, you're going to have to deal with the fear of man. You're going to have to deal with it in your workplace. You have to deal with it in your boss. You're going to have to deal with it as a salesman. You're going to have to deal with it in so many aspects. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to deal with it. But you have, what you have to come back to is always realizing greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Let's look at Joshua chapter one. You getting something out of this tonight? Yeah. Joshua chapter one. Thank you, Father. Joshua chapter one. Let's look at verse one. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, Moses, my servant is dead. Let me read that again. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my minister, Moses, my servant is dead. So now arise, take his place, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land, which I'm giving to to them, the Israelites, every place upon which the sole of your foot shall tread that have I given to you as I have promised Moses. Now think about this. Say, say I'm Joshua and you are the children of Israel. Our leader that we've been following for 40 years has just died. And I'm Joshua and God's saying, Joshua, I want you to get up and I want you to lead this people. Now think about it. Joshua has has to rise and he's saying, come on guys, come on ladies, let's, let's, let's go for this. Now that couldn't have been necessarily just something that was going to be easy. And God has, when God speaks to, and I can show you that scripture, when God speaks to man, he always also ministers to their fear. 
He always, he did it with Moses at, at, at the burning bush. He, 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 he did it with David. He did it with, he did it with Elijah. He did it with Elisha. He did it throughout. He always gave them. He always spoke something into them because he knew the human nature is, is, is that fear of man is going to be a trap. But he, so he says to him here in verse four, he says from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, Canaan and Canaan into the great Mediterranean sea on the West shall be your territory. Now get this. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Now think about this. The, the people that Moses had to stand against were not outside enemies. <laughs> the, the, the men that Moses had to deal with were his own people. He says, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And we know, we know a lot of you, us know this. He tells them, be what? Strong and courageous, right? Meditate the word day and night because then it will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success, right? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. That's like, don't fear. Yes, there, there, there's going to be some men that are going to try to stand against you, but they're not going to be able to stand against you. There's people that may try to come against you, but they're not going to be able to last against you. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, this was not the first time that Joshua heard this information. He, we actually see it in several places in Deuteronomy, but let's flip back a few chapters to Deuteronomy 31, Deuteronomy 31. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 31, let's look at verse, thank you, Father, thank you, verse 6. Now, if you look at my Bible, right above 31, it says the appointment of Joshua. So this is when Joshua is being appointed. This is this. The call is coming to Joshua, the appointment. Right. And so now Moses is speaking here. Moses, because verse one says and Moses went on and spoke these words unto all of Israel. Let's look at verse six. Be strong and of good courage. So when when Joshua heard in Joshua one. By the Lord, when he heard, be strong and courageous, that's not the first time that Joshua heard that, right? Because right here, Moses is saying it by the direction of the Lord, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. 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 For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Don't be afraid of them. Hallelujah. If you even look at Joshua, or Deuteronomy chapter 1. You don't need to turn there. I'll just read it. Verse 17 says, You shall not be impartial in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. The King James says, you should not respect persons in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great, and you should not be afraid of the face of man. So here, as we're seeing this, when he talked to Moses and Moses talking to Joshua and God talking to Joshua, we're seeing this whole aspect of don't be afraid of man. 
Let me ask you a question. Do we fear man or do we fear God? A couple of quotes I wrote down. One is by Oswald Chambers. It says this. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Let me say that again. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Mm. When we fear God, we fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you'll fear everything else. John Witherspoon says this, it's only the fear of God that can deliver you from the fear of man. So the question comes down, if I'm afraid of man, the bottom line is I'm more afraid of man than I am of God. I have a greater respect and honor for man than God. I care more about what man thinks than I care about what God thinks. Wow. When you put it in that perspective, it's like, oh, ouch. See, this is walking with God. We're going to walk with God. We're going to have to overcome the fear of man. Let's go back to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. I'm almost done. Thank you, Father. Proverbs 29. 29, verse 25 again. And amplified. Now, we've already discussed this. The fear of man brings a snare. So if I'm afraid of man, if I'm honoring man and not honoring God, then it's a trap. It keeps me from going forward. Now, what does the next part says? But whosoever leans on and trusts in and put his confidence in the Lord is safe and set on high. Now here, th- th- so these are, these are two extremes, right? You have the fear of man brings a snare, but it's all, it's all this, but so now, so now if I want to know what is the opposite of, of being the fear of man and being in a snare, the opposite. So, cause I'm, but, I'm seeing, but here, but he who leans on the Lord. He who leans on the Lord and puts his confidence in the Lord shall be safe and set on high. So if I fear man, it's a snare. But yet if I lean and trust on the Lord, he's going to set me up high. So if I know I've heard from the Lord and I step out in obedience, he's going to set me above what they think about me. Now let's go to Psalms 118. Psalms 118. Thank you, Father. Verse 5, Psalms 118, verse 5, and I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Out of my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do to me. I think the Lord is on my side. That kind of sounds like he who leans on, trusts in the Lord, he shall be safe and set up on high, right? Because we know we're talking about man here because what he says, what can man do to me? 
What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side and takes my part. He is among those who help me. Therefore shall I see my desire established upon those who hate me. It is better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Now think about that. It is better to trust. So really the, the opposite of the fear of man would be faith in God. Remember the just shall live by faith. We walk in faith. So if I don't walk in faith, then I'm walking in fear. And more, more than likely, it's the fear of man. And the fear of man is a snare. But when I trust in him, it's better to put trust in him than to put confidence in man. It's better. It's better. It's better. Now, your flesh might not think so. Your mind might not think so. You may, you, you, you may not know. You, you, you might be crying. You might, but you know what? It is better to put trust in, in, in God than to put your confidence in man. Because, he, because when you step out, when you step out, and I just see, as I was just praying over you and just even now in my heart, I just see, see some of you in here, you're, you're about to break out into some new things. You're about to break out beyond, beyond bondages, limitations. You're about to break out of some fears. You're about to break out into, into greater things and in callings and in purpose. But, but there's this thing that we're going to have to press through and it's going to be that fear of man. It's going to be that fear, but we have to put confidence in him and not confidence in man. See, because you can't put trust in God and fear in man and, and expect everything to be great and expect you to fulfill your purpose. It's not going to happen. It's better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Hallelujah. All nations come past me about, but in the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. But in the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. When you have great trust in God, you will no longer be afraid of man. When you have great faith in God, you will no longer be afraid of man. Let's go to Galatians 1. Two more, two more scriptures. Let's look, at, let's look at this in the Apostle Paul's life. Galatians chapter 1. Every man and woman of God from the beginning of time since Adam and Eve fell in the garden had to deal with this. Had to deal with it. There's not, there's not this special or Roberts had to deal with it. Jesse Duplantis had to deal with it. You, know, you may say, all oh, these people, you see them on the house. They had, Bill Winston had to deal with it. Amen. Kenneth Copeland had to deal with it. I've heard some of their testimonies about when they first started and, and, and those things. He talks about excellence in ministry. He, uh, six steps to excellence in ministry. Kenneth Copeland really gets personal as he's talking to Rhema students. And he talks about a lot of things that he had to deal with. And so I, I want you to know that, that because you're, you're afraid to step out, hey, welcome to the crew. Welcome to the club. But the, what we have to come to a place is, is realize it's not going to shape my destiny. And so here in, in Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter one, 
going through Ephesians. So, um, Galatians 1, in verse 10, King James says this. For do now I persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. See, he had to make this decision somewhere along the line. He had to make this this decision that am I going to please God or am I going to please man? For do I, do I now persuade men or God or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. So what is Paul saying? He goes, if I try to please men, then I can't be a servant of Christ. So if I want to be a servant of Christ, then I can't be out for pleasing men. You can't do both. You can't live on both sides of the fence. It's either going to be one or the other. Verse 11 says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached unto me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in times past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me, Kind of sounds like Jeremiah, right? Separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Then it says this, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. So here he's, I was called by God. I was separated, but immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, meaning he had to make a decision up here and in here that, you know what, if I confer with flesh and blood, I may be talked out of what I'm called to do. Because I'm telling you, if God tells you to do something, you talk to four people, by the time you get back to doing it, you're going to be talked out of it. By the time you wait for, for uh, <laughs> three signs and a handwriting on the wall, you missed it. So, but Paul said, immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. Because I'm telling you, you confer with flesh and blood, you're going to get talked out of it every time. Then he says this, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to see Peter and I bowed with him for 15 days. But of the apostles saw I none except James, the Lord's brother. Now the things are right unto you. Behold, before God, I lie not. Afterwards, I came into the region of Syria and Cilicia. I was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. Meaning they heard about me, but they never saw my face. But they heard, heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which he once destroyed. You see, if he, if he had gone to these places, they, he might have got in a shell and saying, they hate me. They don't like me. They don't care about me. I, how am I going to, how am I going to fulfill my calling? Because, because that's what they heard. Of, they didn't know him by faith. They didn't know what he looked like, but they knew his failures. They knew how he persecuted the church. But I love how it ends. It says, it says, yet they glorify God in me. Meaning when they got to know me, see, if he had conferred with everyone else, they would never got to know the anointing on his life, the calling upon his life. But they got to a place where they glorified the God that was on the inside of him. Amen. Now, let me close with it. Go to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. Say, thank God for the word. Thank God for the word. 
Say this with me. Fear. You have no place in me. You will not control me. You will not keep me back. But I will fulfill God's purpose on my life. Bye bye, fear. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto him, Simon, Launch out in the deep and let your nets, let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net broke. And they reckoned unto the partners, which were in the other ships, say other ships, that they should come and help him. They came and they filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the drought of fishes which they had taken. Now, think about this for a moment. Here you have a fisherman. He's fished all his life. And Jesus shows up. Don't necessarily know how many encounters maybe they had with, with Jesus up to this point. We're not sure. There's different things. We can put some things together in, in, in the book of John. And we can, we can see some different things here. But evidently, this is, it's not like they, Peter, they hadn't walked with Jesus for a long, they're still fishermen. Right? So here, here they've, they've, they've toiled all night. They've worked all night and haven't caught anything. But yet this, Rabbi, this master comes and says, let down your nets for a catch. What was going through Peter's heart that day? Man, we've, we've worked all night, man. Come on. And we haven't caught anything. You're, we're fishermen. You're not fishermen. For one, it's morning. This is not the time to fish. But why? Because we know... We, he said, let down the net. So we know Jesus was saying, let down everything you got. But yet Peter maybe let down this one net that was maybe half broken. Not all together. And it's kind of like an attitude. Well, nevertheless, we'll let down the net. And he throws over this net, not expecting anything. But why was he hesitant? Because we know it had to be an issue with his attitude and his heart. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't have seen him saying he fell down at his knees and said, forgive me for I'm a sinful man. Because there had to have been what was going through. Peter? I don't know everything, but, but as I was praying over this, I'm thinking about Peter's heart. And maybe he was afraid of what of all the other ships. What is he doing going out there fishing more? Doesn't he know you don't catch, catch fish this time of the day? What, what if he goes out there and he throws over the net and nothing happens? 
What if they ridicule him? What if all these other people think you're crazy? Why would you follow this guy? He's kind of weird. I, I, I think, I think, you know, why didn't he necessarily, he reluctantly launched out into the deep. What, what, what's maybe hindering you from launching out in the deep? Is it maybe you don't think your net's good enough? Is it you're afraid that you may not catch anything? Or is it afraid maybe, maybe that other people might think you're an idiot or you're a fool? Or you're not more spiritual? You don't look the part? You don't look this way? You don't look that way? But what's hindering you from launching out into the deep? Because we, we know the bottom line here of what, was, what, what Jesus was dealing with them came down to this thing in verse 10. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which are partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, fear not, fear not. See, they were astonished at the catch. He bowed down and, and, and said, I'm a sinful man. So what was the sinfulness? The, it was fear. The root was fear because Jesus deals with the root right here in verse 10. Fear not from this time forward, you shall be catching men. Meaning I had you launch out of the deep to catch fish and you were afraid. There was a fear in you of that. Hey, fear not because you're about to catch a whole different fish. You're about to affect eternity. You're about to affect generations after you. You're about to affect the entire world. So, so the thing is, is we have to realize is the fear of man is going to keep us influencing the entire world, not just some fish in a lake, but our fear of man will keep us in fact of affecting influence everyone around us. What's keeping you from launching out? But when you launch out, it will affect the kingdom of God and everyone, you know, if I, if I didn't step out and deal with the fear of man, I would not be standing here today. It wasn't just Holy Ghost, come on, Pastor Justin, and make him preach one day. No, there had to be steps, 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 steps. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, Father, you see each one of our hearts. And just as... Psalms 139 and even Jeremiah 1 and different places. You know us inside and out. You know each one of us intimately. You are acquainted intimately with each one of us. You know our, our, our sitting down and our rising up. You know the times that we stepped out and had victory. And you know the times that we sat back and... And allowed the enemy to bring shame into our hearts. But Father, I thank you that we receive tonight no condemnation. In the fears that we've dealt with. We receive no condemnation to the insecurities that we've battled. But what we receive tonight is a determination. Is a heartbeat. Is a, is a, is a, uh, a, a hunger. A, a, oh, Father, a passion. To step beyond our current borders. To step beyond our current limitations. To step beyond the, the things that have held us back in, in previous times. And Lord, Father, if, 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 if opportunities come and, 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 
and we, we may not take that step that moment, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that we'll be, we'll be quick to get up, that, that though we fall, we will arise. If we, we don't step out that moment, Lord, I thank you for continuing work of your word, the continual work of the Holy Spirit that will continue to work in us. And, and Lord, I thank you that he that began a good work in us will complete it, Lord. I thank you, Father, that fear will not have place in our hearts. I thank you, Father, that we'll come to a place where we fear you greater than we fear man. That we'll trust you, lean on you greater than anything that can happen in the natural. Thank you, Father. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we praise you. We magnify you. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just put your hand on your heart. Hallelujah. Oh, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. We're about to, I'm going to have you pray with, with me. But I want you to know, before we pray, that you are called to do extraordinary things. And don't ever say again, who, me? Me? And don't bring up your past before God. He knows your past. Don't bring up your failure. He knows those things. Because if we're, if we're called to make a dramatic mark in this community, if we're going to be 2,000 people by 2023, if we're going to have a team of 500 people that are going out influencing our community, then I'm telling you, there, there's going to have to be 500 people that will step beyond the fear of man. pray this together. Father God, we come to you today and we repent of fear, fear of man, fear of what others think about us, fear of failing, fear of how we look, fear of how others may talk about us. We place those fears at your feet tonight. And we thank you for your purpose and your plan being fulfilled in us. As we hear, Father, help us, Holy Spirit, to be quick, to obey, to step out in obedience. I refuse to go backwards. I choose to go forward in Jesus name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Do you see that tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. God is good.